Praise God. You know, I've uh, been talking on Wednesday nights on Ephesians. Kind of went from Ephesians 1, 2 chapters, and, and we uh, last Wednesday we talked about chapter 3, and, and we're going to go to chapter 4 uh, this uh, Wednesday night. So open your Bibles to Ephesians 4. And I'm actually going to read this in the New Living Translation, and I'm, we're going to we're going to try to go through this whole chapter. I don't know if we'll make it through it, but we're going to try to it. I don't. I think it wasn't too awful long ago till I min- actually ministered on this particular chapter. The Lord led me before the Lord dealt with me about going through the whole book of Ephesians. And uh, I tell you, the Word of God is good, and this is a powerful letter. Of the church at Ephesus, when he wrote it, I'm telling you, if you'll read that I'm, and just read it over and over, there's probably no telling t- how many times I have read the book of Ephesians since I started uh, ministering on the book of Ephesians. There's no telling. I've read it over and over and over, and uh, just reading it and getting it on the inside of me. And, and so uh, we do need to understand who we are and what God did for us, uh, you know, the one thing about Ephesians that tells you who you were and tells you, and, and also tells you who you are. And, uh, some people haven't really got a hold of who they are. They're still kind of holding on to who they were. But I'm telling you, God wants you to get into your new self. Amen. In, uh, verse one, the New Living Translation says, therefore I, Paul writing to the Ephesus church, the church at Ephesus, he said, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Now that's, that considered, that concerns every single one of us. We've all called. How many knows you're called by God? You're called by God. I mean, every single one of us, we belong to God. We were called by God and you heeded that call. You accepted Him as Lord and Savior and now you're a child of God. Verse two says, always be humble and gentle. Always be what? Humble and gentle. It says, be patient with each other. Now, this is, a, this is a scripture we're to grab hold of sometimes, or all the times, let me put it that way. Always be humble and gentle. Be, gentle. be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. How many believes everybody in here has a fault or two? I'm the only exception. Don't look at my wife. He says we have to allow for allowances make for each other's faults. Do you know we're not careful? We let people's faults put a dividing, a division between us. But I'm telling you, we all have faults. And he said, you're going to have to overlook or make allowances for their faults because of your love. Listen to me. We're all, let me say this. We're all in a growing process. We're all in the growing process. In other words, we're all growing. See, there's, did you realize in the body of Christ, in the body of Christ, there's, there's, there's all, all ages in the spirit. All ages. The Bible talks about how we become babes in Christ. When we're born again, we're just a babe in Christ. Likens us to babies. And I'm telling you something. The thing about it is, don't get mad at me. What I, what, what, if I say something that rubs you the wrong way, just turn that cat around. I'm telling you. But the thing about it is, there's a lot of babies in the Christ, in, in the body of Christ that's been in the body of Christ for 30 years. Because see, the growth process is not up to God. It's up to you and it's up to me. It all depends on how we want the word. See, the word of God causes us to grow. The word causes us to grow up. And see, without the word of God, there's no growth. So it takes the word of God. That's why we have to hear the word of God. 
and we have to hear the Word of God, and we have to hear the Word of God so we can become and begin to mature. And I believe, I believe this. I believe that throughout this whole process of our life on earth, we'll be all the while growing. We're never going to find out everything there is about God. In fact, I don't believe we will through eternity. I believe there's always going to be something. We can be with God 10,000 years, and He's going to do something. We said, we didn't know He could do that. I'm telling you, we'll never get it all, but I tell you what, we're to get everything we can get right here on the earth, amen? So we need to understand there's babies in Christ, and I tell you what, you know what babies do? They act like babies. Huh? There's teenagers in the body of Christ. You know what teenagers do? They act like teenagers. And then there's adults. You know what adults do? Act like adults. Now, some adults acting like an adult, you wonder if they're an adult. Anyway, I'm not pointing fingers at nobody because I really don't know how you are outside of here. Verse 3 says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. God, you know, God wants to see the body of Christ united. Do you know that? He wants the body of Christ united because we're one body. Am I right? We're one body. We're all one body. In other words, it don't matter where we go to church. If we know Jesus Christ, we are one body. Are you hearing? We were in one body. And the Bible says that we are to uh, uh, do everything we can to stay united in the Spirit. Listen to me. We can't say, well, they're a part of that uh, that church. They're a part of this church. They're a part of that. Listen, we're all washed in the blood of Jesus if we know Jesus, and we're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's why I like uh, uh, an interracial church. To break down that division, that dividing wall. Amen. Especially when we're living right now in a nation that's so racist and got so much racism in the world. And it's time for the church to rise up and let them see what Christians believe and how Christians act. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There ought not be a prejudiced person in the body of Christ. Not one. Amen. There ought not be. And he said we're do everything we can, make every effort to keep the unity in the spirit. And uh, it goes on to say, uh, binding yourselves together with peace. I'm telling you, there should be more peace in the body of Christ than anywhere else on the planet. It goes on, verse 5 says, There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, the God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Isn't that the truth? He's living through who? All. However, He has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Man, he said the entire universe is filled with who? God. In other words, everywhere we look, we see God. Do you know that? You look up in the sky, guess what? God. Amen? You ever just sit and look at the stars like, oh my goodness, how in the world do them things even stay up there? But God. Now these, listen to this, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. 
Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. That word gifts actually means a present. Anybody ever had a present? How many likes presents? I like presents. I like to get presents. My kids always get aggravated at me because they always say, what would you want, uh, Dad, for this or that? Here's what I always tell them, a gift card. And that bugs the dog out of them. They just can't seem to think a gift card is a present. How many thinks a gift card is a present? My daughter ain't even here to see it. I think a gift card is a present. And it's the present that just keeps on giving. Here's what a gift card will do for you. You can go buy what you want. Right? You can buy what you want. And anyway, this... I got things in my closet that I have been given gifts that's still in my closet. And some of it's never been used. And some of it, I just take it back and get something else. I wonder about the kids wondering, how come he ain't wearing my shirt? Well, I took it back. <laughs> I got one that I would wear. Huh? How come he never wears my shoes? They hurt my feet. So they're in my closet, wore one time. Huh? I'm going to find somebody that needs them. But notice what he said. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Who's the church? We are. It says the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. These are the gifts God gave to the church. Did you know all the apostles, all the, actually we could say the ministers, the fivefold ministry. He said they are the gifts that God gave to the church. And I'm going to tell you something that's so important because I am a pastor. And it's very important because I'm telling you something. If we're, here's, I, I kind of wrote this down. I was sitting there because I honor the fivefold ministry myself. I've got dear friends that are in ministry, dear friends that are in evangelists. They're, they're the, uh, uh, in different ministers and such as that, pastors and all such as that. And I honor them. I respect them. But I tell you what, I have fallen short in some areas sometimes because I'll kind of, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll kind of tell my faults sometimes around here because no, no pastors are perfect. Even though sometimes some of them, you'd think they was perfect, but I'm telling you, every single one of them has a fault. Every single one of them have issues and problems that they're working out. But pray, amen. So that, that's not for you to get mad at pastors because they're human beings. Amen. And it, it's a, the, I, I kind of wrote this down. The fivefold ministry should be honored by us and not judged by us or condemned by us. Amen. They should be honored by us. Listen, you say, well, I don't like that preacher. Well, they don't give us any right to say uh, uh, say anything bad about him because, first of all, we don't have to listen to him. Huh? I found this out even as a pastor. I kind of have to watch myself sometimes because I'll, I'll look at people and think, uh, why would they dress like that? Why would you wear skinny jeans? They like them, that's true. But see, if we don't watch out, we should begin to judge their character by how they dress. And that's a gift to the body of Christ. Amen? And I I don't know, maybe some of y'all talk about how I dress. I don't know. And don't care. (laughs) She really does. She cares how I dress. And she can judge me in that area, and I'll take that judgment. But the thing about it is, it, it's not 
the gift is the the gift is their 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 position, the uh, what God called them to be. Because I'm telling you, God has got all kinds of ministers and their gifts to all the body of Christ. And listen to me. Uh, of course, my wife she she wants to she does like to tell she likes me to dress well, and I do on Sundays and Wednesdays. I remember being outside one time and I was out on the outside working and I was working. Listen, I don't dress good all the time, but, but the thing about it is it don't change me being the pastor. Did you know that? My old holy jeans. Well, they're actually, they're actually better because they're holy. My tore up t-shirts, my wore out cap, whatever I'm wearing, it doesn't make me. Amen. It doesn't make me. And I remember out there one day working and doing some stuff, carpenter work actually in the building. Somebody drove up and walked up to him and says, the pastor in? I said, he is. He said, well, where is he? I should have sent him to the office, but I didn't. <laughs> and so I just looked at him and said, I'm he. He looked at me and said, you're kidding. Here's why they thought I was kidding, because they wanted money and they thought he ain't got none. You look like that, you ain't got no money, and that's what they wanted. And but uh anyway, the thing about it is the clothes don't make the person. The thing about it is ministers are supposed to be honored by all of us, whether they're ours or not. Am I right? And I was looking at the statistics. It, it blow your mind the statistics. And how many ministers in 2016, they did a, a statistic deal, a, a, a deal, and they said in 2016, over 1,700 ministers a month dropped out of the ministry. Isn't that, don't that blow your mind? You think they got to run out sooner or later. But there's always ministers stepping into the ministry. And they said because of being burnt out. Well, you know, I don't want to burn out. The thing about it is, I think we're to get more fervent, more more white hot. Amen. I kind of looked at a couple of scriptures, and uh, in Romans fourteen four, because I think that's a subject sometimes we don't think much about is the ministry, and there the the pressures that's on them. Um, there's a lot of responsibility on preachers, whether you believe it or not. You may, some people think, I want to be a preacher because they don't do nothing. You'd be surprised at how many people think preachers don't do nothing. Hello? Well, I don't, they don't do nothing. Listen to me. I, I ain't going to just talk about me, but a lot of people I know. But I'm here to tell you right now that the, the ministry, ministry, there's more, there's more mental stress than phys- than anything else. And I know there isn't a lot of people do. I, I don't, I, personally, I don't think I have no stress. I don't, I think I'm a stress-free preacher. I'm a stress-free. And uh, several years ago, it's been a lot of years ago, uh, I was, uh, as a pastor, I, I started having chest pains pretty bad and such as that. And, and gosh, this was, I was, I was younger. And, uh, 
So I finally went and said, I'm going to go get a stress test and figure out what's, what's going on with my chest, hurting and stuff like that. Now, I should have had, there was no reason I had no stress. I mean, I wasn't working, but from sun up to sundown, pastoring the church, doing all the things I need to do, take care of the church, preaching, doing all the such as that. And, uh, and I shouldn't have had any stress. There was no reason to have any stress, taking care of the church, do all that. Anyway, I did all that and everything turned out well. And I got to thinking, this is just a joy. A joy. I love, I, you know, I love pastoring and ministers ought to love to preach. Right? I think if preachers love to preach, the people are love to come to church. Huh? Kind of works both ways. Romans 4, 4 says, who are, who are you to judge another one, one, another one, another's servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand for God. Uh, for God is able to make him stand. So listen to me. The, the ministers are God's servants. Amen. Now, I, I prefer some over others as far as listening to them, and we all do that. Praise God. But, you know, we're to pray for our ministers. I think God, Linda, today was praying for all the ministers today. In fact, Luke six thirty seven says, Judge not, and you'll not be judged. Condemn not, and you'll not be condemned. Forgiven, you shall be forgiven. So I'm telling you, God is working in us and causing us to have an honor and respect for the men of God. Amen? Yes. Praise God, whoever they might be. And so uh, I want to look at real quick at Hebrews. We can, uh, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read here because I didn't write this scripture down. In verse 17, uh, chapter 13 of Hebrews, verse 17, it says, Obey those who rule over you. And be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. Obey those. You know, sometimes we think when it says obey, they think, listen, I don't know any preachers that are dictators. But the Bible talks about being obedient to them or, or listening to what they say, basically. And so it says in verse uh, 17 of the New Living Translation, it says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they, are, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would be certainly not, that, that would certainly not be for your benefit. So it's always better for the minister to enjoy ministering than somebody who dreaded ministering. Amen? Praise God. It's like the, the guy that was in bed one, one Sunday morning and his, his wife come and told him, he said, hon, you got to get up and go to church. You need to go to church. He said, I don't want to go to church. She said, how come you don't want to church? He said, well, the people hate me and I hate the people. And she, he said, why, in fact, he said, why should I go to church? She said, because you're the pastor. That's a joke. Everybody said, I don't want to go to that preacher's house. Huh? And so I'm telling you, sometimes we look at them thinking, well, you know, uh, uh, what are they to us? Listen, you're pa- listen, we pray for y'all. We pray for you. In other words, a church is like a covering. It's like a covering. And we get under that covering. And I'm telling you, it's important that we're under covering. People that are flouncing around stuff like that, they're not under covering. You need to be under covering. A church is a covering for you. And that's why it's important that you have a pastor. You need a pastor. Everybody needs a pastor. Amen? A shepherd. Praise God. That prays over you. That stands with you. That believes with you. Amen? 
And that's why we need a church. You need a church home. Amen. Now, I'm just talking to the choir right now. But the thing about it is, God has placed them here for a reason. He said, they're watching over your souls. They're watching over your souls. In fact, we're judged accordingly. So, we got to understand, God gave gifts unto men. Hallelujah. I thank God for gifts. Man, i got some great friends that are great gifts to the body of Christ. Praise God. Okay, let's go back to Ephesians. It says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So the ministers and the ministry is to equip the body. We need to be equipped. Why? For the work of the ministry. So we're all equipped, we're all being equipped, and that's what the gospel's doing is equipping us. That's what the Spirit of God is doing, is equipping us to do what? The work of the ministry. Did you know we're all supposed to be workers in the body? We're all supposed to be workers. We're to be working. We're to be out there reaching people for Jesus, bringing them into the kingdom of God, winning souls. In fact, the Bible says, they that win souls is wise. Did you know everybody in this church is is a minister? You may not be on the five-fold minister, but you are a minister of the reconciliation. That means you are witness. Every time you witness, you're trying to reconcile people to God, bringing them to God. And so he said the ministers start to equip us and to cause us to grow and mature in God. That's what the Word of God does. It matures us and it grows us up that we can be complete in Christ. Then it says in verse 14, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Listen, there's a lot of deception in the world. There's a lot of deception in teaching of the Word. And I'm telling you, that's why it's so important that we know what the Bible says. Why? Because we're not always saying, well, you know, they got a new doctrine. Listen, the only doctrine you need is in the Bible. Amen? I mean, I I would say, if I taught you outside of the Bible, then you don't need to be listening. Now, we're not all going to see eye to eye all the time. I mean, you're not going to agree with everything I say, I'm sure, every time. I'm not going to agree with everybody I hear all the time. I'm going to look at them and say, I don't think I agree with that. But my goodness gracious, I agree with so much more. Are you following me? Sometimes we'll we'll want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. When what we need to do is listen to what they're saying. And listen, we, we are to be mature enough to understand this. If that's wrong, there's a check in your spirit. Huh? There's a check in your spirit. There's something telling you that is not right. By the way, if you've got a Bible, you need to read the Bible and see to it that they're actually teaching you out of the Bible. I heard a, a person tell uh, tell me one time, they said, I went to a church where the pastor told, me, uh, told us not to bring our Bibles. Well, that's a church you ought not be in. Amen. Now we put it on the wall. And if you've been here any length of time, I struggled to do that for a long time. I wouldn't put it up on the wall for a long time. I would not have the Bible up there for a long time. Here's why. Because I wanted them to bring their Bibles. Amen. But I love it now because we can go all these different translations and everything else and you can read it. In fact, I find myself when I have a guest speaker, I'm just taking notes and looking at the wall. I'm reading, the, I'm reading the, uh, the Bible off the wall and taking notes, but I have my Bible. 
But the thing about it is, I want to know if they're going to be ministering, it's coming out of the Word. And he said, listen, this is what the ministry is supposed to do. They're supposed to uh, teach you that you won't be children or immature children, tossed and blown about by every wind of teaching. There's all kinds of teachings and all kinds of things going on out there. But you need to be careful at what you hear. Hear the truth. But then again, you need to be right on the other hand. You need to not uh, uh, throw everything out. Listen to it. I don't know why I'm saying all this. But here's the deal. Sometimes you hear something and it's, it's not, it's not a check in your spirit that it's wrong, but the Holy Ghost is dealing with you on change. Dealing with you to change and it's rubbing your flesh the wrong way. I'm going to tell you, if it's in the Bible and you're do- doing wrong, you're to say, help me, Jesus. I'm going to go with the flow and I'm going to change. Listen to me. I've heard preachers before and I couldn't say amen. I had to say, oh me. Huh? I heard somebody say one time, somebody said, oh man, that preacher stomped on my toes. Have you felt like the preacher was stomping on your toes and there's really, really headed for your head? Huh? I like what Creflo Dollar says. He said, I would like to open somebody's head up, just pull their head, top of their head off and pour the word in them. Huh? But here's what happened. I don't know why I'm saying these, and I'm going to have to quit in just a minute. But the thing about it, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll hear something that we have might, might have been all my life. You know, there, did you know you can be indoctrinated with wrong things? And you'll hear the truth, but you have been so used and accustomed to the thing that wasn't true. So when the truth is spoken, your flesh will resist it, and all of a sudden you'll cut that off. I mean, you'll cut that preacher off. Well, I don't got to hear this. All the while, God's trying to bring maturity in our lives. Huh? Trying to cause us to grow up. That we'll know the truth, and the truth that we know will make us free and set us free. So He wants us to be free in our lives. He don't want us to be babies all our lives. You know, I don't want to be a baby all my life, and I don't think I am a baby. Aren't you glad? But the thing about it is, there's still things that, that God's working out in me. Is anybody besides me getting anything worked out? See, God wants to work some things out of you so He can put some different things in you. Sometimes the old things in us repels the new things that God's trying to move in. I'm telling you, you need to, when we hear the Word of God, I, I sit at my uh, desk and I'll, I'll sit at my desk when I sit down to read the Word of God, I'll sit there and say, Holy Ghost, Show me what I need to know tonight. Show me what I need to Tell me what I need to hear. You're the author of this book. You can bring me understanding of the scriptures that you want me to get out of this reading tonight. Did you know you can read a whole chapter and maybe get one verse out of it that sticks out to you? Amen? I would rather read one chapter and get something out of it than read ten chapters and not even remember what I read when I got up. Are you following me? You know, if your goal is to see how many chapters you can read a night, you might be setting the wrong goal. Your goal ought to be, I want to read a chapter and get all I can get out of it. Amen? Praise God. I know, uh, T, uh, uh, Takai was, was, uh, she bought the book, uh, uh, The Believer, The Authority's Believer. Kenneth E. Hagin. Anybody ever read that book? That ought to be a must read for ever, ever Christian. Kenneth e. Hagin wrote it, uh, The Believer's Authority. And she said, I'm on the last chapter and I'm about to read it. And she said, I'm just going to start over. I'm just going to start over. 
And I'm telling you why. Because I told her this. Here's what you will do, T, when you take that book and start over. If you, if you're work marking in it, when you're reading through it, you're going to find out you're going to start marking some more when you go back through. Anybody ever read you? How many marks in your Bible? If you, if you can't write in your Bible, you need to get a new one. Huh? And I have found this out. I can go, and of course I, I do a lot on this iPad. I'm trying to get back to, more to the Bible because I, I do the iPad a lot. But I have found out when I'm reading in my Bible, I'll have all these lines, Craig, all these lines. I, I, I use an ink pen, a red ink pen to underline everything, write notes in my Bible and stuff like that, and I'll do it. And when I go back to read that gospel again, I go back and I'm underlined in more stuff. He said, what's happening? God's opening my eyes in some more areas. See, the Word's alive. You can never exhaust it. Amen. Praise God. So listen, God wants us to mature. He wants us to grow. And He wants us to be a mature body. He said uh, that we can't be uh, deceived. It said, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. We're growing to be like Christ. Amen. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, we're talking about the body of Christ. We could talk about individual bodies, this individual body, or the body that you might be a part of. I'm telling you, he says it's growing, and all of them is going to be working together, growing up together. Listen, we are to, uh, we're going to be growing together. Now, every one of us at different stages of growth and such as that, but I tell you what, we're all coming to unity and maturity in Christ Jesus. Amen? And that's what the Word will do, and that's what the Spirit of God will do for us, that we can be a healthy and growing and full of love body. I'm declaring that over Word of Life Family Worship Center, that we're going to be a healthy, a growing, and a love body full of love. Amen? Everybody shout, I'm healthy, and I'm growing, and I'm full of love in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I can't finish all the chapters, so I'll just quit right there. we got kids got to go to school in the morning. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. And we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. God, we thank you for giving us the fivefold ministry. God, we thank you for all those that's graced this pulpit. God, that's taught and stilled things in our lives and, and transferred things into us by the Spirit. God, and many that will continue to hear, whether we're hearing them on, on the TV, whether we're hearing them on the radio, where we're here, whether we're hearing them on cassette tape, I mean, not cassettes, but DVD, uh, CDs. Boy, I went way back. But God, that will hear the Word, and we'll have an ear to hear what the Holy Ghost has to say, and then we're going to grow continuously in Jesus' name. God, we thank You for the growth of this church, that we're growing up into a body that's lively and full of power, full of health, full of prosperity, full of love, full of peace, full of joy. We love you so much and thank you for all you've done and all that you're doing in our lives. Create a hunger in us for the Word of God. God, to create within us a desire to grow up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, for all that you've done and all that you're doing in the name of Jesus.